Hello, I'm Marvin Fant, and this is Fantline, where we're not afraid to speak truth, and it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal, Democrat or Republican, because right always trumps over wrong. Enough said. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another edition of Fantline. Now, today's message is, what should you do when trouble begins? What should you do when trouble begins? Pray. Ask God for wisdom, which is the ability to apply spiritual truth to life's circumstances. He promises to give you wisdom to respond to your trials with maximum spiritual benefit. So how does God communicate this wisdom? Primarily through his word and secondarily through godly counsel. So after you've prayed, go to the scriptures and see what God says about your problem. After you pray, go to the scriptures and see what God says about your problem. Then ask him for help from spiritually minded people who can teach you how best to apply biblical truth to it. You must, however, approach with faith and not doubting or double mindedness, which is another form of doubting. You can't go in two directions at once, responding to your problem from a divine perspective and a human one. The double-minded person should not expect to receive wisdom from God because he's unstable, mixing divine answers with conflicting human answers. That's not going to get it done. The poor and the rich offer examples of responding to life with wisdom. The brother of humble circumstances is a fellow who doesn't have much. The book of James tells this person to boast in his exaltation in chapter 1, verse 9. And that is to glory in the fact that God is conforming him to Christ through his struggle. But the rich man is to boast in his humiliation. In other words, the book of James reminds the rich man that that nothing material he has will last. It will fade away like grass and flowers. Chapter 1, verse 11. And there's more to life than stuff. Don't neglect the eternal. In in verse 12, it says, blessed is the one who endures trials because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which is kingdom victory in history as a result of passing the test. Everyone is looking for a blessing. Now, unfortunately, what they often mean by blessing is a car, a house, a mate, a job, or a raise. A true blessing, however, 
is a God-given capacity to experience, enjoy, and extend his goodness in life, regardless of whether God's blessings include external components. They are extended to bring about internal change so that our lives display his kingdom relationship and rule. Trials open the door to God's blessings. So receive them with joy, pray for wisdom, and grow in Christ-likeness. See, Christians must distinguish between trials and temptations. A A temptation is a solicitation to do evil. And while the same Greek word is used here to speak with both trial and temptation, they differ in terms of source, purpose, and outcome. In the same event, God and the, and the devil can be at work, one to test you and the other to tempt you. But let's be clear, God doesn't tempt anyone and any temptation hatched by Satan must pass through God's fingers first, even though God is not its source. See, Satan desires your downfall. God desires your development. Temptation leads to sin when you yield to it. If you're a Christian, the devil cannot make you sin. But like an expert football coach, he studies your game films. He knows your distinctive weaknesses and tendencies. He knows how to appeal to your evil desires so that you will be drawn away to sin, and sin leads to death and separation. Excuse me. So when we sin, we break fellowship with God. So don't be deceived when faced with temptation. You must shift your focus first on the goodness of God, and every good and perfect gift is from him. Look to all the kindness God has shown you rather than, rather than the rather than at the temptation confronting you. And second, focus on the faithfulness of God's character. He's the father of light who does not change like shifting shadows. And God never changes and always shines. And why does a portion of the earth become dark even though the sun always shines? Because earth keeps turning. God is consistently shining forth his goodness, truth, and grace. Turn to him and not away from him. Number three, focus on God's word. He gave us birth by the word of truth. For many, the Bible is like the queen of England. It's held in high esteem but wields no power over them personally. What scripture accomplished for your salvation, though it can be accomplished for your sanctification. Face temptation like Jesus with the spiritual power of the word. After all, if the living word needed the written word to defeat the enemy of the word, you certainly do. And finally, focus on God's plan. You are the first fruits of his creation. The Israelites gave God the first fruits of their crops, flocks, and herds. They demonstrated how they valued him 
by giving him the first and best of what they own. As God's first fruits, you are the highest value to him. You are a son or daughter of the living God. Don't succumb to temptation and lower your dignity. And isn't this something we fight every day, no matter, you know, it could be one thing or another. But this is something that we personally, individually fight on a daily basis. So therefore, like I just mentioned, don't give in. Don't give in to the temptation. And if you're saved and sanctified by the word of God, how should you approach it? Be quick to listen to God's thoughts on a matter and slow to speak your own point of view and slow to anger. And should you should you not like what God has to say in contrast to your own human perspective? And we do that a lot. You know, we don't like what God has to say. We don't like his suggestions in comparison to what we want to do. See, God's word will confront you, but getting angry with him will not achieve his righteous plans for your life. So instead, Put aside moral filth and evil by confessing and repenting of your sin and humbly receive the implanted word. And like I've always said, what I say to you, I'm, I'm saying this back to myself because I have to also apply this to myself. And through it, after all, God has implanted in you a new nature. And I like to reflect on renewing your mind, which is that new nature. You have everything you need for spiritual growth, but you have to receive it. And humbly placing yourself under its authority so that it can save you. That is, deliver and transform you. And without application, there can be no spiritual transformation. Therefore, we should be doers of the word and not hearers only. You can read the Bible and listen to sermons all day without it having any effect. But to be a hearer and not a doer is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror only to go away and immediately forget what he looks like. A mirror shows the reality. It exposes what you look like, but it can't change you. It won't comb your hair or brush your teeth. To look in a mirror is a call to action. We must look intently into the perfect law of freedom. The Bible calls calls us to true freedom, which is submission to God's perfect word. To live this way requires going to the word intently, not casually, in prayer and meditation. The one who submits to transformation by the word and is a doer will be blessed. You see, um, James the Apostle, he was in your face. 
And he didn't, didn't want you to know the words you heard on Sunday unless they resulted in action on Monday. If anyone thinks he is religious, his, create, his Christianity must be practical. Vertical worship must have horizontal expression. Your faith must be seen in your conversation, your compassion, and your conduct. First, your conversation ought to demonstrate mastery of your tongue. And that is talk less and bless more. And having a mastery of your tongue also is to know when to say things, know when to shut up, not cursing, but speaking kindness and blessings upon someone. And second, if your religion is to be pure and undefiled, it must express itself in compassion. Look after orphans and widows, provide those who can do nothing for you in return, because that's what your Heavenly Father did for you. And you know what I mean, whereas we got many, many people who will do something because they're seeking something in return. When it's about, what can I do for this person? I'm not, I'm not looking for nothing in return. Not looking for anything in return. Not not trying to figure out, okay, they 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 can be able to do this for me, do that for me. No, it's it's about doing it from the heart, and regardless if this person can do anything back for you. <clears throat> and lastly, practice. And in the world, but not of the world religion, that is, in your conduct, keep yourself unstrained. Don't let the world rub off on you. Instead, rub off on the world and leave behind a trace of God everywhere you go and in everything you say. Now said, amen. Thank you for checking out Fantline. Until next time, keep Jesus first and be transformed by the renewing of your minds.